Let me start uh, the lesson this morning with three scenarios. First scenario is this. Your wife gives you the silent treatment. Your friend asks you how's the situation and you replied that there was a deafening silence. Second scenario. You were playing golf. You were 50 yards from the green. You took your pitching wedge out, swung at the ball, topped the ball, but the ball rolled into the green. Your golf buddy said, that shot was pretty ugly. Third scenario, during the pandemic, you cleaned out your garage. Your friend asked you how you disposed of the junk. You replied that you sent them to the sanitary landfill. The terms deafening silence, pretty ugly, and sanitary landfill are examples of an oxymoron. An oxymoron is a figure of speech in which two opposite ideas are joined to create a dramatic effect. Normally, the first word is a noun, I mean, is an adjective, and the second word is a noun. And these two, the adjective and the noun, have contrasting meanings. Even William Shakespeare used an oxymoron in a popular line from Romeo and Juliet when he wrote, parting is such sweet sorrow. We have examples in scriptures as well. Like Peter, in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 5, referring to Christians as living stones. Even Paul used an oxymoron in 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 10, when he wrote, For when I am weak, then I am strong. An oxymoron that should never describe members of the church is the term hopeless Christian. The effects of the corona pandemic are massive. With over 100,000 fatalities, someone has lost a loved one. With over 40 million Americans out of job, someone is in economic turmoil, probably experiencing depression, abuse, or perhaps extreme despair. Add to that the senseless death of George Floyd, resulting in worldwide unrest violence, looting, and more killings. With all of these, 
many people may feel hopeless. Hope is an important aspect of what it means to be a Christian. We often quote 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 13, but now faith, hope, and love abide these three, but the greatest of this is love. And in 1 Thessalonians chapter 1, verse 3, the Apostle Paul gave thanks for the Thessalonians for their steadfastness of hope in our Lord Jesus Christ. Hope is from the Greek word elpis, which means favorable and confident expectation, or the desire plus expectation of the unseen. This morning I'd like to look at the living hope that Brunel read about in 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 3 to 5. You know, Peter wrote to Jewish Christians dispersed in Asia Minor as he tried to encourage and equip them for the difficult times ahead. And Peter used Jesus' own suffering as the cornerstone of this exhortation. In verse 3, after praising God, the Apostle Peter gives us four reasons that our hope should be a living hope, a hope that lives on. First reason is because God is merciful. Starting on verse 3, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who, according to his great mercy, has caused us to be born again to a living hope. The basis of our hope does not lie in our own perfection or righteousness, but rather in the abundance of God's mercy. We were bestowed mercy while we were yet sinners. Romans chapter 5, verses 6 to 8. For while we were still helpless, at the right time Christ died for the ungodly. For one will hardly die for a righteous man. Though perhaps for the good man, someone would dare even to die. But God demonstrates his own love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. We sing that. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is God's faithfulness. It's because of God's mercy that my hope 
is a hope that lives on. It's bigger than any sin I have made. Therefore, let us draw near with confidence to the throne of grace so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Second reason, our hope is a living hope is because Jesus is alive. Continuing our reading on verse 3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to his great mercy has caused us again to a living hope, through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Christianity is based on the historical person of Jesus Christ and his resurrection from the dead. The resurrection of Jesus is crucial to our hope. 1 Corinthians chapter 15 gives us several arguments for the risen Christ. If Christ is not risen, then the apostles were liars and our faith is in vain. We are still held guilty for our sins. No forgiveness has occurred. Those who have died as Christians have perished. They are lost and then they do not have a living hope. Instead, we are to be pitied like others. A new birth implies that we are a new person, belonging to a new family and starting new relationships. We sing the song once again, because he lives, we can face tomorrow. Because he lives, all fear is gone because I know he holds the future and life is worth the living just because he lives. The third reason why our hope is a hope that lives on is because of the nature of our inheritance. Verse 4. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to his great mercy has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead to obtain an inheritance which is imperishable and undefiled and will not fade away, reserved in heaven for you. Not only does the resurrection of Jesus lead to a hope that lives on, it also leads to an inheritance which is promised for us. This is an inheritance that does not decay, spoil, or fade away. It is eternal. Furthermore, our inheritance is reserved for us. You know, there's something special about a reservation 
for a special event. I remember February 14, 1997. Roma and I were living in Vienna. And that was our first Valentine's Day. So we decided, well, let's go to the Corso. It's a very famous restaurant in Vienna. So we made a reservation. And uh, throughout the day, Roma was practicing in German. We have made a reservation. We have made a reservation. So we got to Corso. Uh, and uh, Roma went to the reception and said, well, I couldn't say it, but something like this. Wir haben eine Reservierung. After 23 years, I still couldn't say it, but that's how it's supposed to sound. <laughs> and the uh, receptionist said, write this way, please. So after all that day of practicing our German, write this way, please. Well, it was a successful dinner anyway. And to show you that we were once young, you know. <laughs> February 14, that doesn't do justice. Look at the computer later. So we were once young, and that reservation, which was successful. We had a successful dinner, great dinner, great dessert. But two months later, we reserved a hotel in Barcelona, right on Cambia Las Ramblas. And that was a famous street in Barcelona. And we arrived, and this reservation was canceled. And he said, why? Well, you arrived late. They canceled our reservation. But they were kind enough to book us in another hotel. So reservations can be made, but they're not guaranteed. But our reservation in heaven is guaranteed. Only you can cancel it but it is guaranteed. When God makes the reservation for the inheritance, we have confidence that our inheritance is waiting for us. Lastly, the last reason that our hope is a living hope is because we are safely protected or guarded by God's power. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to his great mercy has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, to obtain an inheritance which is imperishable and undefiled and will not fade away Reserve in heaven for you who are protected by the power of God through faith for a salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. Christians are kept 
for his salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. The word kept is a military term which means to guard, protect by a military guard, either to prevent hostile invasion or to keep the inhabitant of a besieged city from flight. While our inheritance is being kept guarded in heaven under the watchful eye of God, we are being garrisoned about by God's protecting care of it. Note that being guarded involves two things, the power of God and our faith. We have the power of God who will help us to be delivered from temptations and supplies us with his armor necessary to withstand the evil of the day. But we have to do our part with our faith. The only way to lose our inheritance is to become unfaithful to the Lord. Revelation chapter 2, verse 10. Do not fear what you're about to suffer. Behold, the devil is about to cast some of you into prison, but that you will be tested and you will have tribulation for 10 days. Be faithful until death, and I'll give you the crown of life. So as long as we remain faithful then, we have the assurance of God's protective care to guide us until we receive that inheritance in heaven reserved for us. To recap, 1 Peter chapter 1 verses 3 to 5 gives us four reasons why the hope of the Christian is a living hope, a hope that lives on. It's because of God's mercy, because Jesus is alive, because of the nature of our inheritance, and because we are safely protected. That is why in verse 6, the Apostle Peter writes that a living hope can be a source of great joy in our lives, even though for a little while we have been distressed by various trials. He would on to say that the purpose of these struggles is to test our faith, which is more precious than gold. So, in these difficult times, when we have currently, uh, when we are currently experiencing some struggles, we have a hope that lives on. We are not hopeless Christians. Like the psalmist, we can say, for you are my hope, O Lord. You are my confidence from my youth. When there is suffering, I lift up my eyes to the hills. Where shall my help come from? My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. He will not allow your foot to slip. 
He keeps, he who keeps you will not slumber. We have a hope that is not based on our academic achievements, our financial studying holdings in the stock market, professional credentials. It's not even based on our government leaders. Our hope is built upon the resurrection of Jesus. Like Bob said and we sang, my hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. Some build their hopes on the ever-drifting sand, some on their fame or their treasure or their land. Mine is on the rock that forever shall stand, Jesus, the rock of ages. My prayer for you this morning is this. Now, may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. We are not hopeless Christians. If you are feeling hopeless this morning, there is an answer. Turn your hopelessness around into peace, joy, and confidence with the hope that is only found in Jesus Christ. So let's all stand and sing, love lifted me.